Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. Say again, please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. Hi, everybody. I'm Andrew Wallace, and welcome to the We've Got a Problem podcast, where each week we explore inspiring stories of struggle, success, and solutions to prevalent problems and how our guests have turned a problem into an opportunity. This week, I'm joined by Anthony and Stacey Locascio from New York. I think still, right? Yeah, yeah New York. right now, yes. Awesome. So they've written a book called Food is Prescription, a handbook for those currently on a prescribed a gluten-free, soy-free, corn-free, and or dairy-free diet. So, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, Thank you. thanks for having us. You you aren't uh, bakers, food specialists <laughs> by trade. You you started your careers kind of in an unlikely place. Talk to me about that. I would say no, not by initial trade. However, I would say Anthony is Italian, um, so I spent he comes most of my by life it in the kitchen very naturally. Yes. <laughs> and I think. I think that whole thing means that you didn't start baking these things just, for, you know, like, okay, we, we bake out of necessity, right? Yeah. I bake out of necessity. But we are both famous entertainers. Um, we are both well-known tap dancers. I was in a show called Tap Dogs for many years, and I've opened up for Stevie Wonder, Natalie Cole, or Denver Fire. I've had a really lovely career. And Stacey was in Sesame Street Live, which is a really special thing. There's not a lot of people on the planet that get to be – part of and behind the scenes of such a beloved, you know, thing by, you know, many people in the world. So th- th- like, how did that happen? I think that's, that's what you're kind of talking about. Is that and, what lots you're of theater. Exactly. and lots of theater. And lots of theater. Yeah. yeah. So, so you, 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 you have a career in entertainment. Yeah. I am somewhat familiar with that because my mother was a professional dancer, not a professional oh. tap dancer, but a professional mm-hmm. dancer for many years mm-hmm. doing the whole Excellent. thing. And it's, the 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 world of the world of tap especially is is actually once you get into it a smaller one than you would think you see the same people a lot of times probably on the same kinds of projects like oh here you are again and and you yeah. probably have several friends in the business but many yeah. <laughs> It's one of those things, if you know the right person, you could be hanging out with the best tap dancers in the world in a heartbeat and you didn't even see it coming. Exactly. Exactly. So you guys have this career, you're you're successful, and then just all out of the blue, you decide to write a book about food's <laughs> prescription? <laughs> Not exactly. We both had some serious health problems going on. Be- that were Before really we scary. met each other, yeah. we had each started our own individual health journeys. I discovered that I had an autoimmune disorder. Um, I just happened to have a rheumatologist not from this country. Um, So she kind of put me on a path of understanding that the old adage, you are what you eat, right? Even though we've been told that our whole lives, we don't really get taught what that means, how to do it, all of those things. So she originally put me on the blood type diet. I went through a whole journey. I had some testing done. And then I figured out what worked specifically for me. Then I met Anthony and he had already taken high fructose corn syrup out of his diet. What happened to me was I started internally bleeding. Oh. And eventually discovered that the way to stop internally bleeding was to change the food I was eating. And the whole time I was on stage performing for all those years, for 20 years, I was going pains in my abdomen. And, you know, show must go on. You don't bow out of the show. So 
I had this crazy dichotomy going on where here I am on stage taking accolades of 2,500 people, 3,000 people who are standing up and applauding for me and the five other guys on stage at the end of a hour and 20 minute show. And then feeling that amazing energy and going off stage and being in pain. And like oh, the whole time I was internally ble- like right. craziness was happening. So yeah. eventually we met each other and, you know, Stacy helped me figure out another level besides the high fructose corn syrup of taking out gluten and Dairy, gluten, gluten and dairy. dairy. And then my doctor, Dr. Rob, saw what I went through by taking out gluten and dairy. I lost 30 pounds. My fingers started working again. I had a finger that wasn't working. Um, and I, the internal skin bleeding, my skin cleared up, and the internal yeah. bleeding almost disappeared at times and presented itself and disappeared. So there was obviously a huge benefits to what taking right. gluten and dairy right. did. And you yeah. were, and you were certainly experimenting with these things and seeing how they, how they went for you and how they worked for you. I, I do have a question, though, which is, yeah. how, how can you be Italian and cut out gluten? <laughs> ah. like that's, that's, this was a big struggle at first for him. Yeah. A huge it's, one. It's, because it's another one was also tomatoes. Yep. Oh, it's, no, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. You got to turn in your card. You can't. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, no. We figured out how I to make through, it work. I know? went through layers of healing. Yeah. First of all, okay. when you're healing, you're like an onion, right? So you, you one layer of healing, outside. another layer of healing. I'm not Shrek, but you know, another <laughs> layer of healing. So once you go through the layers of healing, you could start introducing things back into your diet. So eventually I was able to get tomatoes back. I just don't eat them every day. I'll have them maybe once every 10 days or something like that mm-hmm. because now I could successfully eat it strategically. <laughs> However, I went on a proactive, you're on a proactive diet, but taking out the pasta. Yeah, sure. You're like, well, how do you not eat pasta? Well, there are pastas that are made out of rice, that are made out of bean flour. So all these different ones, you got to find the one that sure. works for you. But there's so many, that, that question, there's so many things involved. Like I figured out how to make lasagna, but I make butternut squash lasagna with Italian sausage. Actually, that sounds really delicious. It's amazing. Right. It's the, <laughs> so instead of, when, when something like this happens to you, instead of trying to replace the things that you've always loved, you have to find new things to love. And if you do that, then you won't miss those things. Like, I don't miss pizza. You know why? I make fantastic gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, not dairy-free, gluten-free, soy-free, corn-free pizza dough and dairy-free pizza dough. And then I either make myself a pizza with dairy on it or she makes her own pizza without Without dairy dairy. on it. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, you know, the part of the... Part of my question, and I I ask this knowing the answer in a sense, Uh but part part of the question is, how can you make food without all those things, gluten, soy, dairy, corn, and actually have it not taste like a brick? Because we only know about these, we only know about those things. What winds up happening is we discover other things. There's a lot of other things. The first thing well, we tell people to do is when you find out what you can't eat, sit down and write a list of the things that you can eat. Yeah. You can eat a ton of vegetables. You can eat a ton of, <laughs> of, of fruits. There's, you could, I mean, we could still eat meat. You know, if you're vegan or vegetarian, it's not your thing, but we need those proteins for us personally. We we want to make pasta. We make it out of egg. We make it out of uh, rice flour, brown rice flour, sweet rice flour, almond flour, coconut flour. Because we can have nuts. Right. So. And it's never out of just one of those flours. It's a blend of them. So really, it's you become more knowledgeable, more knowledgeable about food, and it turns out to be a lot of fun. And... Man, I promise you, our company is called Loca Foods. Our motto is all we do is delicious because when he started having the things that I was eating, like I was, I would get something at the store that was gluten-free, soy-free, corn-free, dairy-free, and he would eat it. And he's like, how do you eat this? I'm Uh like, because it's the only thing that I can eat. 
That's why we make food now. Because and I was like, I'm not doing it if it's said, not delicious. I'm not eating this, and you shouldn't either, mm-hmm. unless it's delicious. <laughs> so we're going to do this together, and one we're going to make it delicious, and that's all we're going to do. I, I, I feel like I'm in the question, but one of my one of my favorite things about that part of the journey was yeah. the, one of the first times I made cake for her. And I made cake, <laughs> and uh, and she started eating. She was like, oh, my God. This is amazing. This, those are really amazing. I was like, oh, this is terrible. So the distance between what she was accepting as delicious and what I was accepting as delicious <laughs> in the beginning was very, very, very far apart. Vastly. We had to work for years until I felt like it was delicious. Well, I think that part of it is, okay, it, not only are your taste buds reset, but the bar has lowered so much. Now, I, I will say this <laughs> as, a, as a separate thing, which is I have to I, – I drink decaf coffee <gasps> because – Caffeine does not affect me very well. Yeah, and it happens through experimentation, right? You go, yeah. hey, I I change this, whatever. The uh, the kind of decaf coffee that's available at a at a at even an affordable price point, and even a not so affordable price point, is not always the greatest. Mm. So the advantage is I can't be a coffee snob because there is no snobby decaf coffee. <sighs> Unless you pour a bunch of chemicals into it, which nobody mm-hmm. wants and really nobody does anymore. Yeah. But the, the part of it is, okay, things are reset. If I have, and of course I can have it, I just don't, it's not good. But if I have normal coffee, I'm like, oh, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is like a world of difference. This is yeah. fantastic. So I, after a while, when you don't know it, that's that's fine. But being able to to if I found say a decaf coffee that that tasted more like regular coffee, it would be a, a game changer for me, and I'm sure it's a game changer for people with any of these food sensitivities who find your food online and get into it and go, oh wow, this actually tastes like something I remember from way yeah. back when, and has that Not same air. yeah right. <laughs> or or a brick. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite things is to feed, is to give, is to feed people that aren't, that don't eat this way. And it was funny because for a long time, I was known as this guy in the kitchen there and you got to eat Anthony's food. You got to eat Anthony's food. And then I changed my diet and some people were on board right away. <laughs> and then there was a couple of holdouts and I'm like, okay, no problem. You know, eat your own thing, whatever. And then they would see us all eating the new food and they were like, can I try, can some, I try of some of that? And they very quickly became fans because they just had that bias in their mind. But the second they tried it, they were like, okay, all right, this is still delicious. We're in, we're in. So, you know, it's, it's a huge, it's, it's, it's a huge thing to get the people who don't eat that way to like it. And they do. And that means the world to us. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, 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 I'll bet it does. I, I, mm. what I was thinking was, is you were saying that going, this, this probably makes people think once they taste your food, if I had to cut something out, it wouldn't be the end of the world That's because. Right. If you if you look at some of these, they go, well, I might I might have a, a gluten sensitivity or corn sensitivity or soy sensitivity or whatever, or even allergies or or, or autoimmune conditions. Mm-hmm. But they go, ah, but I that I my life would be so different if I gave these things up. And like you say, you got to find new things to love. Great, but if if people go into this and think, wow, this isn't a sacrifice. I can yeah. try this. Let me experiment. Let me find what again what's what works for me. And it's a very personal thing, of yeah. course. Extremely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> when you change something as fundamental as your diet, that's pretty yeah. significant. And there's a couple of challenges there. First, you have to understand you're not going on a diet. 
What you eat every day on a regular basis is your diet. And a lot of people think they have to go on a diet. With you an need, end point. Right, with an end point. <laughs> it's, you need to there go is on, no end point. <laughs> what, what, what helps you is having a sustainable, proactive diet, eating things that are good for you, that you could sustain and eat forever without thinking that there's an end point. And it can evolve. Yeah, because and it can definitely as evolve. you heal, you can maybe add new things back. You That's, should always try every now and then. You know, when you feel really good, Okay, maybe I'm going to try this other thing and and give it a shot, but don't add too many things at once. And that's that's <laughs> that's one of the challenges. Another big challenge, and this is something we discuss in the book. And it's really a handbook. It's short. It's easy to read. If you're diagnosed in the morning, you should be able to read this before you go to bed at night and feel good about your situation. It's part of the whole process. Here is what you're talking about: is mindset. The word out there is that this stuff tastes terrible. I don't want to do this. It's super duper hard. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to go out and eat again. Well. That's just not true. It's knowledge helps you overcome those things. So once you gain the, once you, you, you read something like this, or you change your mindset about it, or you go into it with a positive perspective mm -hmm. instead of this what you can eat. overwhelming <laughs> perspective, you'll have a different experience. And that's not just true about this. That's true about everything in life. When it comes to being dance teachers, kids say, I can't do this all the time, or even adults. And I tell them, listen, if you think that you can, or if you think that you can't, you're right. Right. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. Yeah. Right, right, the, exactly. The, the part, I had a guest recently on the show who said, look, it's, the real question is how much you want to be in the learning zone versus mm. the comfort zone. And, yeah. and you don't want to be past the, the learning zone, then you're in the anxiety zone. Mm. And, 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 and there's a big component, and this is why the, a book like this is, is so important for people who, who need it, because mm. it, it makes it seem doable. And once yeah, you mm -hmm. have an understanding that something is possible, then it, it, it moves a little lower out of the anxiety zone into the learning zone. And, and now it's just learning. Like, okay, now i got to figure it out. But mm -hmm. I can figure it out. It gives you that yeah. confidence to move forward. That's why it's I, just awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. it's like if someone diagnoses you with something, typically they give you a prescription. You take that piece of paper, you bring it somewhere, you fill it, they give you some directions, and you follow those directions. But when someone asks you to change your diet, they don't necessarily give you the prescription the that you bring somewhere <laughs> that gives you the directions. So this is the directions. It's the directions on how to how to do it successfully. You know what I mean? So you nailed it. When you say that, you nailed it. That's a, that's the intention. You know, and the intention is to help people and make it easy for them. So you write the book. How long has the book been out? About One a year. About One a year. year. Okay. Yeah. So One about year. a year. Had you founded Loco Foods at the same time before, after? How, well, the, it was the, right around the same time. We founded, we kind of founded the, the parent company, Loco Foods, for an idea. The idea was write a book that guides people and helps them through their process. Write a second book that's a cookbook that gives them a bunch more of recipes. More, more recipes. There's a couple of recipes in this in this book. I keep pointing at it because it's not <laughs> here. There's a couple of recipes at the end because we don't want to leave you hanging. We want to give you a way to start successfully venturing into cooking for yourself or to making delicious foods that you don't have to guess with, right? So there's a couple of recipes in the book and then we were going to follow up with a cookbook. And then after the cookbook, we wanted to either open up a bakery or a little cafe. But what we realized is we could do that now by having the online bakery. So the cookbook isn't out yet. We're in the middle of writing it. But the food is a prescription book, the book that helps people and our the, bakery, our bakery mm -hmm. are both available and open. So that's where we're at in the stage with Loca Foods. So Loca and this and the first book kind of developed at the same time through the whole idea. Absolutely. So I mean, I see, I obviously, it seems like if you have a book 
that says it's possible to not be totally disappointed when you try and eat food by changing your diet, you might also need to have a bakery that proves yeah. this yeah. concept, right? Yeah. So that's and 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 how has the process been? It seems like kind of a niche offering to have an, an yes. online bakery. Uh, making things that are free of corn, gluten, soy, dairy, you know, all, all that stuff. How's the process been for you to, to, to run this thing? Oh man, this has been so much fun. I love tap dancing, but the universe has always had food in my life and to spend so much time, not only just around food and making food and, but making it in a completely different way for people who typically don't get this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then, making it so good that they're like, oh my God, this is delicious. And then having people who don't have to eat this way go, oh my God, this is delicious. It's, it's, it's very rewarding and fulfilling. And you're giving people something they, they didn't think they'd ever have again. That, we, like, yeah. we have driven around the country. We drive around the country. Like, we go to, we go to bakeries all bakeries over the country. all over the country. Some that are dedicated I would and say, some that aren't. I would yes. say 80% of the time, I can't have anything in the bakery. She can't have anything in the bakery. Even more than that. Even more. I say at least 85, maybe 90% of the time. It's very rare. He can usually he have. Finds, I can usually things. have something. And you, you take a bite out of it, it falls apart. You take a bite of it, it has no brick. taste. You take a bite of it, it's a brick. And I was like, no, this is not right. This is not right. So the process has been long, expensive, yeah. costly. It's been costly. I'm not going to lie to you. But man, does it feel good to get? I make I make artisan bread now. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh-huh. Yep. How? Now, yes. That's that's that, it's a dough. That, yeah, yeah. And do you ship the Do you ship the dough? Uh, we uh, ship certain things. We don't okay. ship everything, right? Okay. So some things are you have to pick it up, and we can make it for you here. The pizza dough is one that we freeze and keep yeah. here. Right. One day we hope to have a situation where we could ship frozen goods. Well, that's what I was wondering: was whether you ship some yet. of this stuff frozen because having pizza, we want having, to, yeah, having frozen <laughs> pizza dough for people be, who have yeah, a sense. I know it's it a game changer. Huge. Yeah. yeah, we don't have we don't have that kind of reach yet. Reach yet. We don't have that kind of team yet, but we, we want to get there. That's part of the goal. I know. Hey, man. Let, let's go. Come on. Come on. Come over here. Let's go. Help out. If anybody's listening out there and they mm-hmm. think that they could th- that they could influence or help or be part of growing this, we're always open to hearing yeah. from people. Right now, we ship our cookies. We do a pre-made. list of cookies, pre-made, pre-made cookies, cookies, and Madelines. We do different flavored Madelines. Muffins. Muffins. And we don't do the cupcakes we don't, because we don't of ship, the oh, frosting. Sh- and we ship the banana bread and the zucchini bread. Yeah. Okay. So we have a nice list. Listen, if you can't get any of these things... And you want delicious, delicious stuff. Just having two or three items that you can get shipped to you that are this good, believe me, will change the game for you. And all that contact information will be in the description so you guys can look them up. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody out cool. there, if you're interested in all that kind of stuff. What would you say your biggest obstacle is to success in, in all this? Is it just getting the word out, scaling yes. this business? 100%. It's the word. I say this Enough too, this too. people hearing about it, knowing about it, passing the word on to someone else who they know. Maybe they don't necessarily need it, but they know someone who needs it. Yeah, give it as a gift. It's, that is 100% the, the barrier to huge success. Yeah, yeah. That and our transition. We're transitioning <laughs> our lives. Mm-hmm. We're going from teaching and performing <laughs> and running a dance company to getting word out, writing a book, becoming authors, writing, you know, getting that out there. And like she said, just getting, getting word out. So it's not, this isn't just for people who it's happening to. You all know somebody this is happening to and you don't realize it. 
That's so, the problem. People don't realize yeah. because it's kind no. of a personal thing that you're going through. Yes. And if, if people are having this kind of food journey, they may not be sharing it with, with other people. I don't know if there's a stigma uh-huh. around it or maybe it's there that, is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You I, feel you feel like you don't want to burden someone else, you know, with something that might be bothering you. And it's also like when you go to a party, someone at someone else's house, right? You're like, well, do I ask them to have food for me or do I bring it myself? Will they care if I bring it myself? Should I eat before I go? You know, we address all of those things in our book and we address how to travel both locally and internationally with paying attention to how to keep yourself healthy. Yeah, it's, I, it's difficult, but it can be done. I, I and do. we do it all the time. Every summer we travel the whole country. We're driving to o- Washington and Oregon and back this summer. And we you do don't it every put a summer. trailer full of food that no. you've made. Bring a cooler and we rent Airbnbs and things with the kitchen. And we call ahead and we call ahead to places. I think one of the other big challenges about other people knowing is <laughs> a lot of people think this is a joke. They make fun yeah. of it. They make fun it's of you. It's a trend. It's a trend. Oh, uh, you know, we've heard stories of people putting gluten in other people's food just to purpose. see if they get sick on purpose. Family members doing this. Yikes. No, so, uh, kids, th- I mean, you know, peanuts are a serious food allergy. You have kids that will threaten other kids in school when they're bullying them with a peanut butter sandwich and think it's funny. And then the school not taking it serious and, and making people understand it. And making the peanut allergy, allergy the, kid feel bad. Yeah. Right. So... <laughs> And then, like you said, people say, what, oh, what do you eat? Air? <laughs> and it, and they, they really, they, they, it's, it's man, kind of like when you're you a don't tap tell dancer. Because you're tired of hearing people make fun of you yes. for something you have no control over. If yeah. you, if people said, oh, yeah, well, I'm dealing with cancer, and other people joke yeah. that you had cancer, that'd be unheard of. Right. But other people gang up at you at a party and make fun of you because you can't eat a bread or you can't eat anything at the party. Because they, because the perception is that you're picky, not that right. you have a problem. Right. That's one of them. Or that it's in your mind. Or that it's not a real thing. So why because would you want to share to them, they something don't understand so it. personal when people are just going to make fun of you for it? Yeah. Or potentially yeah. make fun of you for it. Yeah. Well, and that's... So I, I there is a there is a, a common thing that happens at bakeries, pizza places, all that stuff that do have gluten-free options, let's say. Mm-hmm. And you watch so many people ordering the gluten-free option that you go, not all these people have celiac disease. Not that not not every one of them or has, even a sensitivity. Or yeah. even a sensitivity. They're ordering it sometimes because they, they, they've heard a lot about it and somebody's told them to do it and they, they haven't gotten any diagnosis. They they aren't even experimenting. They're just doing it because they think that it's healthier. And it isn't right. necessarily right. It isn't, you know, that to, to make something gluten-free, you might have to add a little extra sugar, do little things, it change depends. your cooking chemistry that, that, that make it actually not, from a macronutrients perspective, healthier. But right. if you've got a sensitivity, that's what you need to be eating. That's the that that's the thing, and so there there is that. Oh, it's this 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 dude over here who's who's in the muscle shirt and the and the and the flex shorts is like, he's he's getting gluten free because he thinks it's the the trendy healthy thing to do. Oh, what a what a joke, right? But if again, if that uh, that may hurt people from it extremely it hurts absolutely people. does because then they order there's a slice a thing, of cake after dinner. Yeah, and there's a thing called cross contamination. <sighs> And a lot of restaurants and bakeries who offer both options don't 
always understand that it's a problem. They'll do and, things. Yeah, and they'll like, well, we they'll- make it in the same space. Okay, well, people who are actually celiac and sensitive can't eat that, they, number they, one. But the other person who's like, yeah, give me the gluten-free thing. Oh, can you have gluten? Yeah, but I just want it. And they'll eat other things full of gluten. So it desensitizes the yeah. servers and yeah. the people who have to serve those things to that issue. And they think that everyone can eat like that who wants something gluten-free. Yeah, and they and don't really understand that they have to change their gloves, that they have to, you know, all the things. Yeah, there's, well, there's, that was, there's, there's, there was a pizza place that I used to go to that, that had a gluten-free option, uh, make your own pizza kind of thing. And, they, and somebody would ask for the gluten-free crust and they would go, allergy or preference? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if it was an allergy... Then they had to take different steps. They'd change the yes. gloves. They'd go through the whole thing. If it was a preference, they'd go, okay, and they'd just continue yeah. on. Yeah. One, one of the things that we've – some of the things we've discovered is they'll tell you it's gluten-free, and then they won't realize that in a fryer. And then they don't, and then they, they don't realize they're putting other things in the fryer that with a gluten-free item. And now that item is not gluten-free anymore. But they right. label it as But they gluten-free. label gluten-free. Another, another big mistake is they'll put the, the gluten-free pasta in the same water, water that they put the regular pasta in. And they don't tell you that. Because they don't know. But they're telling you they're giving you gluten-free pasta. Right. These are the kind of challenges yeah. that you're, that you're up against and that you have to watch out for. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, and I, uh, as somebody who eats, everything under the sun except for regular coffee i i that's this is eye-opening for me not having that but wanting to be sensitive to to other people the all the process that you've got to go through to understand these things i i think everybody should read this book because Mm. if you are if you understand what somebody else is going through you can be more conducive without altering your own life having a party having people over asking the right questions mm-hmm. knowing yeah. somebody has a food sensitivity or an allergy or whatever and being able to to accommodate without forcing everybody to uh, sink to to a level or 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 yeah. change what they're doing sure yeah. that's awesome sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely Everybody no, it's, it's helpful i think it's helpful i mean i, I lost <laughs> I was swollen. I lost 30 pounds. All the inflammation went out of my body when I changed my diet. Like, so uh, going back to when you said not everybody that is gluten free is celiac. I've never been diagnosed celiac, but I know that when I took the gluten corn soy out of my life, I stopped internally bleeding. So, right. you know, well, that's, that's, that's the experimentation that's part. That's yeah. the, but, but, that that you're doing the kind of work to find what works for you. And again, it's what works for you. You don't well, need to be diagnosed to find out, hey, no. when I take this out of my life, my life is better. A, a really great thing that I was introduced to through this process is a nutrition response test. And when we talk about experimenting, that can be very difficult for people. They don't have the time to change the whole diet in a way that's that's using experimentation and stuff like that. The elimination so diet. The elimination diet was a great idea cumbersome. and is helpful for people for whatever <laughs> reasons. And you know, and I'm not a doctor, but we work with a doctor. He gave me a nutrition response test. So my insight to what was going on with me was quite easy. And really, I got the most information the quickest when I took that nutrition response test which I think really clo- it gave me a lot of closure on things that were missing without me having to go on a longer journey of, all right, right try right. try limiting this, try limiting that. No, yeah. no, no, no. I'll you tell can't, you a secret. That's the shotgun approach. You can't be I, yeah. stick to no. seeing what sticks to the wall. I Sorry. can tell you a secret. Okay. I don't react in this test to wheat. Right. 
But I react to chemicals. We react to gluten is what we're reacting to. No. Well, that that's the gluten, the interesting thing for me is yeah. peop, there, it has been posited. And I have, I, again, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. Right. We're, we're, we're it's armchair quarterbacking here. But there has been a, 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 it's been posited that a lot of peanut allergies have increased because peanuts are one of the heaviest users of pesticides when, mm. when they're grown. So is wheat, wheat, soy, and and corn. corn. There you go. There you go. And if you look at wheat, wheat used to be different. It used to be taller and below in the wind, right? Right. What wound up happening was- shoots per stalk. Yes. Through genetically modifying the the seeds and stuff like that, that doesn't mean good, bad, or indifferent. It means that's actually what happened. The seeds have been genetically modified to shorten it. So that it does, it doesn't, there's reasons, you know, it produces more, it's, it's, it's hardier, it, it's easier to use with, with the machinery, blah, blah, all that stuff. But by, but in the process of shortening the stalk, it added a lot more gluten to it. So oh. it I'm not allergic it. to it. Like it like compressed it. But right. I'm definitely reacting to gluten, which yep. is part of the genetically modified situation. So, you know, what are we really reacting to? Who knows? But you go to other countries, and when the wheat's not, go to not, Europe, and you don't. When the wheat's not, <laughs> you know, uh, manipulated in that way, a lot of people could eat it. So what does that tell you? Yeah. It tells you something is really more is going on that it's kind of hard to get to the bottom to without having very challenging discussions about what's happened to our food. Yes, and that's uh, hey, look, what's what's happened to our food? What's happening to our bodies? And what's what what do we have going on as national priorities? And maybe we need to shift our priorities a little bit to to kind of address these things, or maybe move a little bit in another direction. Yeah, part of the thing. Our food isn't allowed to go to other countries because other countries, other governments won't legally won't allow it in there because they know it makes people sick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the that's that's part of the question. Is we've obviously got a problem. And we've also got a solution. And part of the solution, unfortunately, is, okay, well, it may not be the thing per se. It may not be the wheat that's actually doing mm-hmm. it as, like, full-stop wheat, but the wheat that I can get yes. does do it. Correct. So I need to, as long as I'm eating in this country or I'm eating wherever I am eating, I need to avoid that because mm-hmm. it's it's it, I, I can't find wheat that is natural wheat that yeah. hasn't been cross-contaminated with the the junk that's yeah. that's over here and I'm not calling our uh, American wheat junk it's okay I will wheat that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we ain't gonna fight with you on that <laughs> but it's it's on me I'll take it it's unfortunate <laughs> we had we yeah. had this beautiful hearty grain that was that was the this we could do so much with it. It's we the just, bedrock, just, right? It's the, it's the, it's it's a foundational grain, and it's in everything. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, the high fructose corn syrup is in everything. Yes, One of the things is. we tell people is, if you really want to start on any journey to help yourself, pick up everything that you buy, read everything, read, read, all, read the all the ingredients, stay to the outside of the supermarket, don't go in the middle, and read all the ingredients. If there's once you start reading all the ingredients and you say, I can't pronounce that, or I don't know what that is, or I have to look this up, or this high fructose corn syrup in cough drops, in my cough drops, in my medication, in my cough medicine, I'm supposed to be getting, you know, working on getting healthy right now. I'm, I, my immune system's been compromised. Putting that corn product that's been turned into sugar into my body right now as a filler with my medicine is not a good idea. Why is it in there? Right. You know, so you read everything. It'll, it'll help you. Start to realize things. Well, the huge advice is to stay on the outside of the supermarket. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that that would benefit anybody, whether you've got sure. a food sensitivity or not. 
in, in eating a more healthful diet, if you stay to the outside of the supermarket, you're avoiding everything that's processed for the most part. I mean, they're tricky. because Right. They're tricky. They sneak some of that stuff oh, in yeah. there. Yeah. On the on the corners and in the in the cheese section and the yes, and the, I was about to say the dairy area. Yeah, <laughs> but but for the most part, the, you're you're all the uh, the heavily processed stuff is in the aisles. Yeah, and and the the places that they've added a ton of extra sugar and they've just taken all the nutrition natural out of flavors. Yeah, <laughs> what does that mean? What exactly. does natural flavors mean? And why can't you tell me what that natural flavor yeah. is? What right. what's so natural about it? That's right. Yeah, and that's where let and so often in like caramel colors and things like that, hidden gluten, hidden hidden dangers, hidden corn because those things are derived from corn or derived from right. So if 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 you're reading and you see those you you're putting it in you, you don't even know you're putting it in you. The way to 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 short circuit that immediately is to buy the whole food, yeah. right? If if I'm buying a bell pepper, yeah. a literal bell pepper, you go. There is no gluten in this no. bell pepper. There is no high fructose corn syrup no. in this orange. No soy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much. The book is called "Food as a Prescription: A Handbook for Those Currently on or Prescribed a Gluten-Free, Soy-Free, Corn-Free, and/or Dairy-Free Diet." I will put all your social links in the description. I really appreciate you joining me. Is there anything else that, that you want to tell people before we close yeah. out? I have I have one thing. One of the things that we hear us, ourselves saying often is be your own advocate. If you are struggling, do research. <clears throat> There's a reason why people get a second opinion. If you don't agree with your doctor, that's okay. And if you need help, reach out to us. Like we, we, we just heard from Dr. Rob the other day that someone from California has the book and they don't know us, but they called his office because his of what, what we said in the, book in the book resonated with them and they wanted to find a doctor out by where they are in California. So they called his office and then asked for a referral. And that's great. That's great. Like be your own advocate. Don't, if, if, if you're not getting what you need, mm-hmm. don't give up. Yeah. What about yeah. you? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And thank you for having people like us on your podcast because we said one of the hardest things is getting word out to people and helping them give them ways to educate themselves. And by you talking to us and by you having a podcast like this, it gives people an opportunity to educate themselves. So thank you so much for having us. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Again, if you're looking at uh, Anthony and Stacey Locascio, you can check them out on all the social links which are in the description below. And I will talk to you guys next time.